0: Pepe looked suspiciously back every minute or so, and his eyes sought the tops of the ridges ahead. Once, on a white barren spur, he saw a black figure for a moment, but he looked away quickly, for it was one of the dark watchers. No one knew who the watchers were, nor where they lived, but it was better to ignore them and never to show interest in them. they did not bother one who stayed on the trail and minded his own business.
1: Hello, and welcome to Unknowable, the podcast where we talk about all things mysterious, unusual, and unknowable. I'm Justine.
0: And I'm Gray. This week we are doing a topic It's this shadowy figures in the Santa Lucia mountains of
1: California called the Dark Watchers. The Dark Watchers. And we are sort of unsure whether it's pronounced St. Lucia or St. Lucia. Wow. Santa Lucia. Damn. Damn it. Right off the bat, we are
0: incompetent.
1: Um... Yeah. So, full disclosure: this is actually, if you follow our Instagram and watch our stories, you'll know that this is actually our second recording of this topic. Uh Yep. We, yeah, we recorded a couple days ago, and I actually messed it up real bad. Um, yeah. So it's fine. We've been recording remotely, so basically, yeah, for almost a year now, which seems crazy. Yeah, it's wild. Um. Yeah. We basically once COVID hit, we figured that probably sitting across a table from each other, just talking in each other's faces was probably not the best idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so we moved to recording where both of us record separately at our houses and we zoom or FaceTime so that we can still see each other and talk and we record. So that requires that both of us be in headphones because mm-hmm. naturally with any, as I'm sure anybody listening knows any type of like video chat like that, there's always a little bit of lag And, uh, I think even if there wasn't, it might have still fucked it up, but I did not have my headphones on because we ended up, (laughs) it just, yeah, it just happened. And the lag plus just Gray's voice on my recording, like it could not be fixed. So here we are.
0: Here we are again. Round two.
1: Yeah. It's exciting. But you know what? You know what? I'd like to think this one's going to be even better. And if we hadn't said anything, nobody would know. They'd just be like, wow, this episode was really great. (laughs) now you know now you know so yeah the dark watchers to sum them up very simply they are these tall shadow-like figures that have been observed by both travelers and locals alike in in and near this uh again santa lucia santa lucia i'm gonna say lucia range which is a uh, about 140 yeah. miles of rugged mountains in coastal central california
0: it's um, kind of like the big Sur area which is how i was able yeah. to locate it when i read about it in my head
1: yeah seems like a very cool area i would like to visit someday never been um yeah so they are described as very tall usually as much as 10 feet even by some estimations um they generally have no real discernible. Yeah, I know it's unsettling,
0: horrifying.
1: No discernible features really, except some people have described some type of brimmed hats, uh, staffs, or even capes. The phrase "like the Grim Reaper" is repeated a lot in some of the sightings, which right uh, that kind of like did give me a really good mental image. I feel like of like I don't know. I was like picturing this like very swirling kind of like ragged cape almost um and so most of the sightings you'll for in modern day you'll find on obviously on various forums like reddit and things like that um one person on one of the forums said quote they almost look like horses standing on their hind legs with the assistance of a walking stick jesus fucking christ
0: (laughs) horrifying the worst thing for some reason the worst yeah, it reminds that, me of Skinwalker Ranch, the fucking the uh, people with dog heads standing around smoking cigarettes oh, is yes. so deeply unsettling for some reason.
1: Yep. I like totally something about that. I had that thought too. I was like, ooh, like human, but animal, like this weird blend. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah. And they've also been described as, quote, darker than dark, which is fascinating to me.
0: Vanta black. Vanta black phantoms.
1: Yes. Yes, exactly like that it's totally made me think of that when I looked up heard about Vanta black being a thing and looked it up and then saw that there was like a stone bust or like a marble bust, you know, like the shoulders and head of a person. And when painted with the Vanta black, it was like you couldn't see anything. You if you looked at it straight on, it was just like you could see the general shape and that was it. And mm. Just no shadows, no highlights, like no light reflecting off of anything, which did make me think of that. I was like, there's a connection here somehow. <laughs> Something's going on, uh, but I don't know. Maybe yeah. think if they were like darker than dark, darker than black, like that you would if you saw them, especially in the the evening. And yeah, so these are mostly seen around twilight or dawn, um, that it would yeah just make them have absolutely no features. You'd kind of just see this silhouette really, which yeah, would be, I think a little freaky if it were really, like, if it really wasn't quite the time of day or the type of light to have a proper silhouette and you saw something that looked like a silhouette where it like shouldn't be, that would be unsettling.
0: Right. Deeply unsettling. Yeah.
1: Kind of. Yeah. What, what the hell's going on? Um, But yeah, they are said to basically just motionlessly watch travelers from the horizon along the mountain range. Uh, Nobody has really seen one up close. And if someone were to try to approach them, they disappear. So, very elusive.
0: Very bizarre, very elusive.
1: Yeah. So, basically the history, it is often repeated in various, you know, sort of like ghost sighting books like there's all kinds of like guides to like weird stuff in california or whatever um they talk a lot about stories of the dark watchers going all the way back to the the chumash a native american tribe that has lived along california's central coast for you know thousands of years um but there really is no definitive evidence of the chumash ever talking about the dark watchers so i think that's just a thing that people may have sort of attributed to this to make it seem maybe a more legitimate if we hmm. are believing that it goes all the way back to the Native Americans from this area that like, oh, this is definitely a thing that's been around for a long time. Um, right. But no proof of that, as cool as it sounds, it seems like the first actual documented or talked about sightings were actually the Spanish settlers coming into the area in the uh, 1700s. Which is... Hmm fascinating they called them the uh los vigilantes obscuros
0: the obscured ones yeah i know
1: yeah i know that's what I, I thought like it somebody said that it translates to exactly to the dark watchers but then somebody else was <laughs> like wait doesn't that just translate to the obscured ones interesting yeah we don't speak spanish on this podcast
0: <laughs> now, there's anything wrong with speaking I spanish
1: no I wish I that may be spanish. shocking to you that we do not speak spanish. yeah i wish i wish i spoke spanish and many other languages but no no can't brain is not competent enough for that hmm. um so yeah they are most famously given a few brief mentions in john steinbeck's story flight which was included in the 1938 collection of his short stories called the long valley hmm. um so you heard gray do this excerpt in the cold open but i'm gonna do it again now yeah feel free to vote on who did it better uh quote pepe looked suspiciously back every minute or so and his eyes sought the tops of the ridges ahead once on a white barren spur he saw a black figure for a moment but he looked quickly away for it was one of the dark watchers no one knew who the watchers were nor where they lived but it was better to ignore them and never to show interest in them They did not bother one who stayed on the trail and minded his own business. So I believe there was, yeah, it's pretty creepy. Like it kind of, it really does. I don't know. These are very much like a give off the vibe of just like a local legend type of thing where you may not really know about these much. And again, unless you're very much into these types of topics, but you otherwise might not really know about them unless you've lived in the area or knew somebody who did sort of something that, yeah, the locals talk about, Um, but yeah, it kind of made it seem that did give it a little bit of a spookier vibe as far as like, I don't know, better to not show any interest. Like they didn't bother anybody who minded their own business kind of makes you wonder what were they said to do to people who didn't mind their own business. I don't know. Right. And it's also strange too,
0: like the fact that they can disappear so quickly and easily, but they don't want you to observe them. It's kind of like, why don't they just stay invisible or stay somewhere where you can't see them? It's like they choose to be corporeal and for you to be able to see them, but also don't want you to look at them or like Mm -hmm. pretend like you don't see them. It's strange. It's like a weird like ritual thing that we like don't know the rules to.
1: Right. Yeah, that's true. I didn't really think about that, that them being able to disappear so quickly does imply that they don't, need to have a form so why are they taking a form here and there I, are right. they weird or even that like they're taking a form seemingly when there aren't any people around so it's like they're doing it just for themselves because hmm. if they're not interacting with people or even seeming to want to interact with people then it seems odd that they would like be getting into this sort of human-ish form when nobody's around and then as soon as somebody shows up they're like oh shit like better right. disappear again very right. Very strange. I think Hmm. it does. We've talked about it a little bit in some past episodes, like the men in black type of idea where it's almost like we're reminding ourselves that a lot of these beings and these, whatever they are, aren't human. They aren't necessarily of this world in the sense that we are used to. So them choosing to take a human form is almost like them taking the form of something that we will find familiar and right. I don't know that always is kind of interesting to me like they're never getting it totally right if these beings are like 10 feet tall and they've got these capes on and stuff like they're they're pretty close but they're not quite there and that's like that looks very out of place for where they are and the settings and you know a hiker seeing a 10 foot tall shadowy figure with a hat and a staff is like not it's very misplaced where it is so it always seems right kind of funny like like injured cold in his metallic suit it's like you're (laughs) so close but also so far that you're making yourself more noticeable because people are like wait what like what is that dude
0: wearing almost makes sense but it doesn't quite yeah yeah Hmm.
1: so it's just yeah it's like off-putting in that way where you're like that is that a person like that's a person right that doesn't look quite like a person i don't know so it's just an interesting interesting little side thought of just like, what are they doing? Um, hmm. And yeah, interestingly enough, at the time of Steinbeck writing that story, he lived near Monterey, which is at the Northern tip of the Santa Lucia. So, um, and not only that, but he, so John Steinbeck's son, Thomas Steinbeck would end up growing up to report, having seen the dark watchers during his childhood and later. And he got together with an artist named Benjamin Brode, and they collaborated on a book titled in search of the dark watchers, um, where they sort of go into the history of the legend and they interview locals who claim to have seen them. Um, the book looks amazing, by the way, I looked it up multiple times in researching this and now I really want it. Um, (laughs) it's got dozens of original sketches and oil paintings by this artist and all of this cool history about the dark watchers. And, um, yeah, if you, if you want like the nice limited edition case bound version, you'll be spending like 125 bucks, but you can go directly to darkwatchersbook.com and you can get a soft bound version for 40 bucks, which what? I might be doing soon. You can't afford not to buy it. I want that. <laughs> yeah, like that is an investment. Um, so know interesting that, yeah, Steinbeck obviously had a connection, um, Thomas Steinbeck, again, John Steinbeck's son, remembered hearing stories about the Watchers from his grandmother. So presumably John Steinbeck's mother, um, or I guess maybe Thomas yeah. Steinbeck's mom. I don't know. Um, hmm. Olive Hamilton Steinbeck, who was a apparently not much of a believer in that type of thing, but was a believer in the Dark Watchers. She uh, told her children and grandchildren that she would leave fruit or nuts in Mule Deer Canyon on her way to work as a school teacher in Big Sur and on the way back there would be flowers in their place. So she like had these little trades going with the Dark Watchers. Yeah, See like that
0: seems wholesome but then it's like super disturbing if you think about it. Like if I, if I left things and like just the thought of having that transaction with those beings is actually kind of horrifying to me. While it's wholesome right? and I mean, not sinister it just seems like like i don't know like i don't want to i just don't want them to leave me alone and i want to leave them alone
1: (laughs) yeah i don't know we i feel like we have very for maybe once in this show we have quite differing opinions on these beings because i feel like they sound kind of nice you are very spooked (laughs) and i'm sort of like yeah let's be friends
0: I guess I'm judging a book by their cover. You know, they just seem, I don't know. I mean, they are called the dark watchers. It just seems sinister. What are they watching for? True.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, that's so for me hearing that. Well, okay, we'll go into some more sightings and people can maybe make up their minds more, but, uh, right. I don't know. They seem a little more on the wholesome side to me, but we'll, we'll see. So, um, They are also referenced by poet Robinson Jeffers. Actually, the year before John Steinbeck's story, um, he had a titular poem of his 1937 collection, Such Counsels You Gave to Me and Other Poems, where Hmm. he mentions, uh, quote, he thought it might be one of the watchers who are often seen in this length of coast range, forms that look human to human eyes, but certainly are not human. They come Hmm. from behind ridges to watch. But when he approached it, he recognized the shabby clothes and pale hair and even the averted forehead and concave line from the eye to the jaw so that he was not surprised when the figure turning toward him in the quiet twilight showed his own face. Then it melted and merged into the shadows beyond it. So there's obviously a little bit of sort of liberty taken there with, he's clearly talking about seeing himself in these figures, which is not something that's typically reported, but Still, just the fact that the Watchers were sort of mentioned by name in two different publications is kind of cool. And Jeffers also lived and wrote in Big Sur. So he was in that immediate area as well. So he potentially had heard stories and legends and things about these creatures too. So what is going on? What the fuck? What the fuck, man? Um... (laughs) But yeah, as far as sightings go, the only one that I saw that was really like not just a post online somewhere was in the 60s, a Monterey Peninsula local um, who apparently, I think he was like a school principal or something like that. He was adventuring in the mountains with some other hikers, saw a dark watcher. He had enough time to study the figure to see its clothing and notice how it was strangely studying the mountains. Um, But when he called out Hmm. to his companions and looked back, then the figure disappeared. So that sort of seemed like what we've talked about in the past with like a person in the community who maybe is slightly more trusted than the average person. Um, Right. Which, you know, I know we have sort of talked about debunking a little bit in the past where nobody is really above suspicion and nobody is really... More trustworthy than anybody else, but there are people in society who are deemed more credible than others. Um, Right, people who at least have a
0: vested interest in not tanking their reputation. Like a school principal, it's a pretty like straight laced job, and I feel like if you were coming out with all these Mm -hmm. like weird stories in a relatively small town, I feel like that could harm your reputation. But then again, you know who knows?
1: Yeah, yeah, that seemed like it was one of the more talked about sightings um ultimately there really isn't that much i mean there was kind of supposedly the spanish settlers saw them and then there really wasn't much from then basically until these publications in the 30s so that was you know 1700s until 1930s there really wasn't a whole lot of mention except again i don't know how much it was talked about in that area and how much it was a a thing that was known to the locals um right but then it kind of came into the public eye again in the 30s, but even then it wasn't talked about a ton um, until, you know, more recently you can see various sightings talked about on forums, um, which I found a few good ones on a few forums. Somebody talking about uh, one of the creepier ones, I would say. Um, this was posted online in 2018. Quote, I was hiking up a remote trail up the 33 in Ohio." I was about an hour up the mountain, no people, no cars in sight. As I was hiking, I had this eerie feeling I was being watched. I looked up at the top of the mountain. I saw a black figure. I waved jokingly, not really thinking the object was a person. It waved back. Thinking I was maybe (sighs) tripping or that it was a tree waving in the wind. I took a puff of my cigarette only to see the figure blow out a plume of smoke as well. I started seeing it flowing and I say flowing almost floating vertically I ran like hell back to my car, spraining my knee in the process. So that freaked me right out because I was like, had the, you know, I'm like, oh, these things are like so nice and sweet. And then it's like waving back and doing this plume of smoke, which really Mm -hmm. would freak the hell out of me if I was, you know, yeah, on this remote trail, there was nobody around, no cars, and you had this weird Hmm. feeling. And then this, like this figure waves to you from the distance, like what? The hell yeah man.
0: nope that's why when i if i see weird shit like that i just like put my head down and
1: like pretend like i didn't see it <laughs> yeah. like if they don't if i don't acknowledge it it can't acknowledge me exactly like side note like today my nate and i were my husband and i were downtown today and gray works downtown so we had stopped by and seen him and then we were kind of <laughs> circling back and we saw him outside of his work so we like yelled from like up street over like i don't even know what i yelled, just like hey, buddy, or something. I no idea, too. <laughs> something to, weird. Yeah. <laughs> and Gray was, like, loading this box into his car, and he, like, heard me, turned around, like, just looked really quick, and then, like, very quickly head down and went back to putting the boxes away, and then he, like, looked back being like, wait a second, <laughs> that's, <Right. laughs> that's my sister. <laughs> but I just love that you were just, like, you looked and you were like, nope, not gonna get involved nope. in this.
0: Can't get involved in whatever the fuck that noise was. <laughs> nope.
1: Yeah, Gray... Works kind of, like, in the center of downtown, really. So, like, anything could be happening at any time. Uh, There's always wild shit going on. So, yeah. Yeah, there's always shit right there. So, yeah, I can see, like... But I can also see... I mean, I think I would definitely be the person who would see a figure and, you know, like, would look for a long time and be like, what is that? I don't know that I would wave because I feel like I'd just be inviting something creepy to happen. Like, I can't imagine... Mm Mm-hmm waving to anything that I wasn't sure if it was a person or not right like even if it was a person if I knew it was a person exactly so I'm I'm impressed but at the same time this interaction does strike me as just like a playful thing for a watcher to do if that if that did happen like the waving back and then like the imitating you know mimicking the plume of smoke kind of seemed like oh they're just like having some fun is like, right? I don't know, a younger, more You're rebellious watcher, <laughs> right? Was a little bit of fun being had yeah, at, or, you know, I don't know. I think they, a I guess
0: they definitely don't seem like like dark in their intentions. Like they almost just seem like the fact that they're just constantly like watching and like looking at observing mm-hmm. both the mountains or looking out into the sky from the mountains, but depending on your perspective maybe they're just kind of like, they're just like doing their job. Like maybe it's their job to whatever, watch for the UFOs coming back in or the whatever. We're, we'll get into the theories later, but um, yeah, maybe they're just like working and it's a super boring job. And so they have fun with humans whenever they can, (laughs) you know? Right. Break it up a little
1: bit. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. They're just sort of, You know, not doing any harm, but just, yeah, getting bored every once in a while. I don't know. So, yeah, one of the other encounters that I saw was, again, on another forum. Uh, Quote, today my boyfriend and I were driving from Arroyo Grande to Stockton. About an hour outside of Arroyo Grande, we saw a dark human figure in the hills. It was several hundred yards away from the road and seemed to be trudging laboriously uphill in the 95 degree sun. Despite rubbernecking multiple times to try to get a better look, we could distinguish no identifying marks, no seams of clothing, no hint of shoes or anything, just solid black walking up the hill under the burning afternoon sun. So, yeah, that one definitely creeped me out, but also felt very odd and maybe like almost out of place just in the sense that basically every other encounter seems to be, again, like dawn or twilight sort of in those much lower light times of day. And it seemed right. odd that this one was like, yeah, in the afternoon sun, like the blazing sun. Um,
0: yeah, that's true. I don't
1: know. Yeah, either makes the whole thing a little bit more confusing because you're just like, wait, what? Then what was that one doing out in the afternoon? Or maybe it wasn't a Dark Watcher. I don't know. Right. Could have been the Yeah. And then another kind of creepy one. Uh, somebody from Reddit quote. My husband and I were in California a few years ago for the wedding of my ex. He and his new wife took us to Big Sur near the Santa Lucia mountains. As we were out sightseeing, I looked at the mountains and asked them about the thin statues on the peaks. My ex and his wife looked rather scared and asked, oh, my God, you saw them. That just freaked me out. Like, I'm just picturing that you're somewhere new. You're looking at the mountains. You're like, oh, huh. Like, interesting. There's statues up there. wonder what those are. And then you ask and somebody's like, there's no fucking statues out there.
0: Yeah. That just like. And then like you saw them like that's so sinister.
1: Yeah. Which again, like implication that the people in the area know about these figures either have seen them themselves or at least just heard stories about them. And it's just freaky to think that you could be there and inadvertently witness them without even knowing it like they might not even been in the mountains they might have just you know driven by and been able to see them and been like oh cool there's like these cool statues on them but no which i don't know also drives home how potentially like tall these things are if you could see them on the peaks of the mountains that freaks me out
0: yeah that's true i didn't even think about that
1: yeah yeah so i don't know those are Basically, all the good encounters that I found. There definitely are others. A lot of them are, you know, pretty basic. Just somebody seeing a figure behind a tree, or just standing, you know, out on an edge somewhere. Um, right. So, but those are definitely the the highlights.
0: Right. Yeah. All all the ones I saw too. It's just like, oh, we saw them and they disappeared. Yeah. That's more or less the the story. And like the the weirdest one is that one where he saw the watcher like wave back and imitate the plume of smoke. That was like the most activity of anybody's sighting from what I saw.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They seem seem like, yeah, they're pretty chill. There's no stories of anybody like being chased or even like nothing scary happening. I mean, besides people being scared, seeing them, not knowing what they are um, or feeling freaked out. But even then there wasn't, you know, like when you hear stories about Mothman, there's a lot of people talking about how they, they felt like they were hypnotized. They felt like this really oppressive anxiety and fear. But there really wasn't a lot of that. I mean, people just kind of mentioned casually. Like, oh, yeah, I was freaked out or I felt creeped out. But that that would happen, I think, with anybody seeing anything that they couldn't explain. So it didn't seem like there's any kind of, like, sinister energy, per se. Right, um, right. So They're just living. Yeah, they're just chilling. So that kind of brings us to the various... Theories, which there are some pretty interesting theories, I would say. Um, right. So, one of which has to do with something called infrasound. Yeah. Think back to Day love Pass. Yes. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Also called low-frequency sound. Uh, generally, below a human being's threshold of hearing, but it can be generated by both wind and ocean waves, which are two things that are... Uh, very frequently found in this area of course coastal mountains right um it can cause uneasiness and anxiety in some people and is frequently connected to paranormal sightings
0: yeah I, i guess it makes sense so the idea being the infrasound which is being generated by wind blowing through a craggy mountain creating some kind of acoustic noise that you can't quite hear but that you can feel and just doesn't you know, gives you a, a strong sense of like anxiety. So you're <laughs> feeling that in your heart and you're already feeling anxious. And then you combine that with some kind of visual phenomena, whether it's just, you know, seeing a figure out of the corner of your eye, misidentifying like a tree off in the distance or a visual phenomenon like the Brock inspector, which we'll talk about in a minute. You combine the infrasound and that anxiety generated by the infrasound with some kind of visual stimuli and you your brain creates this you know this encounter with a dark watcher and you call it a dark watcher and you feel this sinister energy not because it's actually being projected but because you're feeling the the effects of the infrasound on your your ears or your brain or whatever it's fascinating makes a lot of sense
1: <laughs> or whatever <laughs> yeah no i think so and it and even uh if a person is close enough to the origin point of the infrasound, you can, it'll actually cause your eyes to vibrate, or it can, um, which can create visu- visual hallucinations all on its own. So you can straight-up hallucinate from this infrasound. Um, and like you said, there is a phenomenon called the Specter. So just like in Big Sur, German locals near the Harz Mountains have for centuries reported seeing similar shadowy figures on Brocken Peak, which also Mm. became a muse for various writers like Lewis Carroll and Samuel Taylor Coleridge. Um, But in reality, the Brocken Spectre is basically like shadows, like those from a hiker um, are cast on these particularly misty mountain peaks. And so if the sun is behind the observer, then the mist kind of plays with the shadows, making them look much bigger than they are. And, you know, again, people talking about seeing figures that are 10 feet tall or more. right? Um, And the shadow, since it's cast on this sort of misty, cloudy area, when the mist or the cloud breaks up or moves away, then the figure disappears. So, yeah. It's
0: fascinating. I feel like I've seen photos of that before, and it looks Mm. pretty, it looks surreal. You know, it's like a it's like projecting your shadow, you know, huge compared to you. And I I think it makes sense, you know, like that a good deal of these dark watcher sightings could be, you know, some, since they're, most of them are like either in early in the morning, when the sun is low in the East or late at night, when the sun is low in the West. And if you're kind of, even if Mm -hmm. like, some of these, I don't even think it could even like would necessarily even be the the shadow of the person who's seeing the Dark Watcher. It could be the shadow of someone else who's on the mountain somewhere that they don't see who's casting that shadow. Mm-hmm. And you combine that visual stimuli with the, you know, infrasound, and you have this like sinister feeling while you see this like very strange apparition in the cloud, like you know you can't really tell it's in the clouds i guess from the angle that you're at And so it looks like it's standing on the peak makes a lot of sense
1: mm. yeah it does and it's pretty damn cool as far as like i know there's a lot of episodes we've done where the more scientific explanation is pretty boring but that's actually a pretty cool one yeah like I... i'm
0: super into that and even yeah. that that story um, of the guy who saw the um dark watcher wave back and the plume of smoke come out that would make sense if it was his own shadow. So it's like the figure isn't waving back. It's just right. a shadow of him waving. And the smoke that he blows out is just a shadow of the smoke that he blows out that's being, quote unquote, imitated.
1: Right. Yeah, that's... I know. It's hard to know, like, did the these things happen with any time in between? Or did this figure wave to him, like, immediately? You know? I mean, yeah. Would you... If I saw that, I would not... If this is like this kind of bizarre, you know, freak of science in a way, this weird little quirk, I don't know that I would know that that was a thing unless I was familiar with it. And even then, you know, just being in the moment of this happening, I don't know that you would necessarily think of the most scientific explanation. And so you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't necessarily put together like, oh, that's my shadow, especially if it looked way bigger, if it was kind of projected somewhere, you wouldn't expect to see a shadow. You wouldn't necessarily put two and two together in that way um Hmm. so i don't know and i mean even just like shadows in general i mean depending on where people are even if it wasn't the brock inspector phenomenon it could just be you know yeah your own shadow the shadows of other hikers animals uh trees Trees. anything and there's uh, another phenomenon known as pareidolia yeah yeah um which is defined as the tendency to perceive a specific, often meaningful image in a random or ambiguous visual pattern. So Mm. examples are people seeing shapes in clouds. Um, even people finding relevant images in Rorschach tests is a form Mm -hmm. of pareidolia.
0: If you go on any, uh, any like subreddit or any website where they talk about like unknowable topics you'll find like dozens of photos of the that like curiosity has taken on the surface of mars and they'll zoom oh, yeah. in on like this one rock and it's like this rock looks like a you know a carved mannequin or like this rock looks like a f- human face or whatever you there's tons of that out there
1: oh yeah yeah it's i think it makes sense i mean we our brain wants to make sense of things and I don't know. Like I think sometimes things just take a similar shape to what we're used to seeing. And so your brain kind of fills in and it's like, oh shit, right. there's a fucking well, shape right and, there.
0: I mean, if you think back to when we were just, you know, monkeys living in Africa, um, it makes sense for us to kind of, you know, whether or not we're correct about what we're inferring. Like if we see something that vaguely resembles the face of a lion in the trees, it's advantageous to us to run whether we're correct or not the person right. that runs yeah. because they think they see a face is going to survive either way where the person who's like pretty sure that's not a lion's face and just keeps doing whatever they're doing could get eaten by a lion so it's kind yeah. of like hardwired into our brain
1: exactly yeah so i think it's definitely a pretty normal thing for us to see something like that and be like oh shit um <laughs> and even you know we've talked about i should say we talked about we talked about it last time you guys don't know this but uh Yeah. Last time we talked a lot about the fact that people out hiking, whether I'm no expert on how difficult this mountain range is to hike. So I don't really know, but I would assume (laughs) they're just like most mountain ranges. There are, you know, a variety of more difficult, strenuous hikes as well as like easy, you know, couple hour hikes or whatever. Um, But either way, I mean, you're out in the woods. It might be a hot day. You might have been hiking all day or hiking, you know, up a mountain. You could be exhausted dehydrated hungry anything any combination of those or all of those um which really kind of can mess with your head a little bit and one of the comments that i saw on reddit somewhere was somebody talking about that not hiking in these particular mountains but hiking somewhere and he was saying that like when he hiked this one particular day it was just like you know their seventh or eighth day in a row he was totally exhausted He was starving and he said he just kept seeing these various patterns that he knew weren't there. Like his rational brain was like, no, but he was like, I was seeing moss on the rocks and I kept thinking it was like Japanese writing. And he (laughs) would think that like logs and stumps were these carved, yeah, carved figures of like lions and other animals. And he was like, I knew they weren't real, but I could not stop seeing them everywhere. And that like, you know, the only cure really was sleep. So, you kind of have all these other things at play where something as small as just, you know, yeah, being super tired could make you see things that maybe aren't really there. Right. Hmm. So. Yeah, and again, if you combine multiples of these, you have on top the of, infrasound. There were a lot of people in the various forums that mentioned um, not necessarily seeing the Dark Watchers, but having been to this mountain range and been to this area and saying how freaky the area was in general.
0: Hmm.
1: again i have not been there but just people saying that they got (laughs) like a weird vibe from the area so i think that can do a lot sometimes to set up people for seeing things or hearing things or whatever if they already kind of go into some place feeling like "Ooh, this is kind of spooky
0: yeah and i mean you know being in a spooky place like if you if you combine several of these explanations you know you have infrasound impacting both your vision and just giving you that sense of anxiety in your chest plus a brock inspector plus you're slightly dehydrated you combine all these together and you your your brain will kind of synthesize a much more intense interaction than you actually had you know like your brain kind of creates this like hallucination where you are not only getting the visual stimuli but your brain is also connecting the dots and saying like oh man not only was that like you know, a crazy thing to have seen, but also like, you know, I feel super anxious. So that must mean that I'm like picking, you know, and like, then the ball Mm. starts rolling and your brain creates like unconsciously. I think, I don't think people are like attempting to play these up necessarily, but I could totally see how your brain would like, you know, create this intense interaction when really it was just your shadow and you're super thirsty.
1: Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think there's definitely a lot. I think those are pretty much the most uh, plausible explanations. We do have a couple theories. So one, I only saw a couple comments about this. It seemed like it was very much just a random theory, but I had to include it because it was just interesting. Um, But somebody or a couple people said that they suspected Masonic rituals happening in the mountains, which... (laughs) I thought was just interesting and very random and again, not mentioned frequently at all. Um, yeah. But if anybody, any listeners remember, we talked about the Freemasons in the Denver international airport episode. Yeah, um, we did. Yeah, we did. And if you didn't listen and you don't know who they are, basically that quick summary, which we will be doing a full episode on the Freemasons at some point, because it's fascinating. Oh yeah. they deserve uh-huh. their own episode. Yeah. They are the oldest fraternal organization in the world. They were begun... It was begun in the Middle Ages in Europe as a... Get ready for this. Guild of Skilled Builders. Guild so of Skilled good. Builders. It's like a I rapidly, did not come right? up with that myself. I love it. I love it so much. Um, And then today, you know, in modern day, they are still so secretive about everything that they do that um they kind of... That mystery has made them the sort of central figure to many conspiracy theories because nobody just not that many people know for sure so Hmm. it was almost kind of funny to read because it almost came across as like the people being like oh it's masonic rituals like leave like somebody literally was like just leave them alone i was like are you a freemason (laughs) (laughs)
0: right just leave them alone (laughs) they're doing weird esoteric rituals out in the desert which i mean to be fair i think like who you know as long as you're not hurting other people and you're not sacrificing animals who cares what you do out in the desert
1: yeah you could do whatever you want out there so this is america yeah. damn it i'm just trying to imagine that there's like some freemasons on reddit that are just like just stop bothering them <laughs> <laughs> they're doing rituals <laughs> leave them alone so i mean to be fair most of our found the
0: founders of our country were freemasons as well so it's true
1: yeah just fucking wait for this episode it's gonna be great oh yeah it was actually hard oh, not yeah. to go into more detail in the last episode we talked about them because I was like, ooh, this is like a big rabbit hole. Oh yeah, huge um, rabbit hole. <laughs> it's a sinkhole. We love rabbit holes. Yeah. Yeah. Rabbit holes are awesome. Um and then really the last theory, so I included this one just because I thought it was interesting, but I really don't think it applies, but it's kind of cool because I'd never heard about it. Um there is something called the third man factor or third man syndrome where an unseen presence or a spirit is believed to provide comfort or support during difficult or traumatic experiences. So this was potentially first really written about by Sir Ernest Shackleton in his 1919 book South. He was describing his belief that an incorporeal being joined him and two others during the final leg of their Antarctic journey. He wrote quote during that long and racking March of 36 hours over the unnamed mountains and glaciers of South Georgia, it seemed to me often that we were four, not three, which is cool.
0: That is cool. It reminds me of that fucking religious thing that people say where it's like, like oh, I was yes. walking on the beach and then I look back and there's only one set of footprints. Cause like Jesus was carrying
1: me or something. That's when he carried me. Oh yeah. Basically. Yeah. Like there's some, someone or something kind of helping you along. Um, and since he, wrote about this other survivors of extreme hardship have come forward to share similar experiences and they actually did a study at some point of these cases reported and found that the largest group involved climbers so again Hmm. I'm not an expert on this particular mountain range I don't know if there are necessarily people you know making these hugely arduous treks over these mountains are there people having that difficult of an experience hiking maybe Um, right. It's not exactly what you think of. Like, you know, you're picturing like Kilimanjaro or I don't know, climbing Everest or whatever being a right. time where you might have the this third man syndrome. Um but you never know. I mean that who knows? But that it those particular instances are not described like this. People are not necessarily seeing a person and definitely not necessarily seeing a, you know, dark figure with robes and a staff, so that is Sort of off, but it just sort of like stuck in there as like, oh, okay, like that's kind of interesting. But that was more people feeling a presence, you know, sensing that there was somebody else along with them versus just seeing somebody briefly. And it seemed like in this third man syndrome, like these cases, a lot of people are talking about feeling comforted, feeling, uh, yeah, helped along, encouraged by this figure. Whereas most people seeing the dark waters are kind of like, the fuck was that? Right. So Um, Hmm. and it didn't seem like a lot of the sightings of the dark watchers were people on like long, strenuous hikes, but maybe even just people just hanging out in the mountains, like just park my car and walked around or whatever type of situation, not like 10 miles into their hike. So, (laughs) you know, there's that too, but I just thought that was kind of cool. I'd never heard of that before. That's yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so I don't know. What do you, What do you think the dark watchers are?
0: Oh man. Um, (laughs) I mean, logically I think it's probably a Brock inspector mixed with infrasound mixed with dehydration. And it's a, you know, it's explainable by, you know, conventional science, I think. Um, yeah, but you know, as we talked about, you know, there's the case of the dark watcher in Scotland What this immediately reminded me of there's this weird internet video that's from, I don't know, maybe five or 10 years ago. I, I've lost all sense of time in the pandemic, but, um, yeah. it's like, it's labeled as like a witch in Mexico and oh, it's yeah. like, yeah, it's like, a, it's like a far off camera shot. Yeah. The Bruja. And it's like a camera, like following this like black figure that's floating just above like a mountain peak. But like when you really zoom in on it, you can see like almost like legs dangling, like it's running really fast on the mountain peak, but it's, it's hovering at this like perfect line. And so when it gets to a point where the feet wouldn't be able to touch the ground, the feet just like kind of come up into the body and it just floats. Like it's super creepy. I'll have to look it up, but yeah. Kind of reminded me. So like there's that in Mexico you have, um, you know, potentially a history in the Native American folklore. You have the Brock inspector in, um, Scotland, you know, it feels like something that is, I don't know, if not universal to humans, it's at least something that's like present in human culture. And I'm a big believer in thinking that people who observe, like they're seeing something, you know, Mm -hmm. whether or not we believe in the Jersey devil, they're seeing something or whether or not they believe in Bigfoot, you know, people see something and whether or not that's an actual Bigfoot, it's up for debate. But um, you know, if enough people are seeing these dark figures on mountaintops, um, maybe there's something to it. Maybe there's some kind of, I don't know, like whether or not maybe they're aliens that are, you know, essentially like on guard duty, the same way that like you'd see like, you know, people in like the US military, like you're guarding an installation by just standing and watching to see mm-hmm. if anybody's coming, you know, and. They're staring yeah. at the mountains and they're staring kind of out because like humans don't really pose much of a threat to them. They're looking for, I don't know, rival UFOs or something. I'm totally just spitballing here, <laughs> but, um, I don't know. It could, so like it could be some kind of alien thing. It could be like a supernatural thing where they're like, you know, ancient watchers that have always been watching over the mountains for whatever, whatever obfuscated reason that they would need to be doing that. Um, they also kind of remind me of the I think they're called the Maori heads, the um Easter Island heads. Oh, yeah. Where they're just kind of these like stoic figures that are just constant. Like I think the way that they were originally arranged on Easter Island was that they were all like on the beach and they were all kind of looking out, almost like watching, like out and up. So they were watching the sky out over the ocean. Mm-hmm. So it kind of reminds me of that. I don't know. It's fascinating.
1: Yeah. I think so. I, I agree. I think the more scientific explanations are probably the most likely, but for mm-hmm. some reason, there's something about this. I have plenty of our topics that I don't really fully believe in, which we've talked about, but I don't know, something <laughs> yes. about these. I want to believe in these. I don't know why. They do, I don't know, they give me this very, like, protective vibe Hmm. like they're yeah they're out there watching over the mountains or over the area for for what reason i don't really know but yeah there is just something that strikes me as like i don't know the fact that they're kind of messing with people a little bit they're ultimately not disturbing anybody they're not doing anything menacing um they aren't chasing anybody or scaring anybody again beyond just existing which you know, we tend to be scared of things we aren't familiar with, but, um, I don't know, like trading things with John Steinbeck's mom and maybe others (laughs) in the area, like having these little relationships and just being there chilling, like everybody just seeing them, like, yeah, studying the mountains, looking out at the mountains just strike me as, I don't know, they're, yeah, like they seem very peaceful and wise and like, they're just... Hmm. they've been there as long as the mountains have. And I don't know what they're doing exactly, but seems like it could just be something very, I don't know, at least benign, if not good and protective and sort of like motherly. I don't know. Interesting. I like it. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know Hmm. that I would feel that way. If I saw one in person, I might be more scared (laughs) than I think, but I want to say that my belief in them right now from a great distance is yeah, they're like Nice. You know, like the way that we feel about Mothman a little bit where it's like, okay. Yeah. Okay, that's like a little scary, but we feel like his intentions are mostly pure. Maybe yeah. they're
0: from the same I don't know. universe or yeah. timeline or whatever.
1: Mothman right? and the Dark Watchers. Yeah, they're just here. Yeah. They're just doing That'd their be a thing. great band name too. Yeah, Mothman's <laughs> Mothman and the Dark Watchers. Yeah. Yes. That would be great. Oh, there's our new t-shirt. Yep. <sighs> yep. Dude, we could have like a whole string of t-shirts by now. We've come up with like at least, I can't remember what our was our t-shirt was from the John Teeter episode. But mm. oh man. Was it it was just something like like I believe in John Teeter or something like as simple as that? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> well, I'm I'm in the process of learning how to screen print, so maybe we'll have handmade t-shirts coming soon.
1: Dude, yes. The John Teeter one. We can have Mothman and the Dark Watchers, mm-hmm. and we can have Spooky Boneless Demon. <laughs> spooky Boneless. You remember that one? <laughs>
0: oh, that's so good.
1: We actually had several people message us after that episode, and we're like, if you make that shirt, I will buy it. Yes. So Good to know. We should know. probably do that. Yeah. I feel like we've got three shirts at least. Yeah. Please buy our t-shirts if we make them. Um. But yeah, I don't know. See, I don't, uh, that's like probably the most solid theory I've had about almost any topic we've done, but I'm just like, I think they are these very motherly figures watching the mountains. I can't really go beyond that. That that but holds to logic. They just seem chill to me. There's just nothing, nothing bad about them. It seems have come out. They just are there. They are only yeah, they, spooking people with their existence.
0: They haven't been canceled yet for their yeah, they haven't been views on Twitter
1: exactly yeah they haven't said anything shitty yet and like haven't made fun of people with autism or anything yet so they are still there yet. in the mountains they don't speak so they can't really do anything that bad that's true it's great so i don't know they seem cool the you know description of their outfit makes them sound like they're just like these cool wizards that's what i'm picturing <laughs> you yep. know with their hats and like their capes and their staffs or whatever like they're just like these very wise wizards and they're just out there very sage i don't know so that's my thought but we definitely want to hear any of you in the area of this mountain range which again it's a pretty decently big area if you live in the area or close by and you know anything or especially if you've seen anything let us know please i want to hear from you whether you've actually seen something or somebody you know has, or even just if you have heard stories, like, is this actually something that's talked about as much as I want it to be? Or do you have no right. idea what we're talking about? <laughs> right. Um, let us know. But yeah, pretty solid. I think. Right. Decent, Fascinating. decent topic. Yeah. Yeah. So let us know. Definitely check us out on Instagram at a noble podcast. That's where we, yep we'll be posting about we both you know post about new episodes coming up and episodes being released and we also you know if we do something like t-shirts like Mm -hmm. that we will definitely be posting those so keep an eye out and uh yeah get in touch let us know if there's anything you want to hear about or if you have any thoughts on anything questions we're always open to talk we're here we'd love it hit us up hit us up all right Well, that was episode 63 of Unknowable. Unknowable. Love you.